0: Welcome to the Aging Hipster Watches, The Boys. In this episode, we are talking about everything that has happened in season two up to and including episode six. First up, fresh off meeting with her social media team, it's Tiffany Esco. Hello, Tiff.
1: Hello, hello. Thanks for having me on again.
0: And then, second, coming for the first time is the newest member of the seven, it's Tom Lamb. Welcome, Tom.
2: Thanks. Glad
0: to be here. So I kind of want to start off with a topic that's more of like, you know, we usually go into the sevens and we will do that afterwards. But I I had a question for you guys because it kind of came up when I was talking with other people. So how do you feel about how these episodes are released? You know, there's a little bit of backlash from people that have demanded like all eight episodes to be put out at once and they've done kind of a hybrid thing. Tiff.
1: This is actually... I'm glad you brought it up because I was reading about it. Um, It's been a big controversy, which surprised me, but doesn't surprise me. I think I do miss the days of having content released on a, you know, every week. I think the argument is maybe this isn't the right type of show for it because there's a lot of transitional episodes that don't really seem to necessarily go somewhere right away. They're all kind of like building up into a different episode. So I can see the complaints about maybe like the structure is nice in some ways, but this isn't the right show to do it with.
2: Tom? Yeah, that's, that's very true. Actually, uh, I think Tiff, you made a good point because if I think about back when we used to watch TV on the TV and we would wait every week for the new release, usually you get left on a cliffhanger or something like that. And so then you, you're expecting or you know what I'm looking forward to. Um, so I, I, think there is some merit to the boys itself, maybe not being, uh, structured well for it. I, I personally, right now I'm an, am a fan of the epic uh, episodic release just cause, um, uh, like a lot of other people I'm at home, not going into work. So if it was released all at once, I could just binge it all and binge a ton of other shows at once. But I like that there's a built-in structure and then it gives us a chance to have like a podcast like this where we can talk about and, have some type of anticipation for the upcoming episode so right now uh because of where i am i very much enjoy it hmm.
0: you know i was talking to a, a friend of mine and she's also a fan and she's talking about we we're talking about the second season and she's like you know i just i didn't really like the second season it was just like way too short and, it, like, there wasn't a lot of action. I was like, you know that there's more than three episodes to it, right? She's like, no, I did no idea. <laughs> she, like, watched the first three episodes and then <laughs> thought that was the second season. Yeah. So, I wonder. That. It, it seems like we're so trained now to have everything just, like, dumped. Like, it's just it's the streaming golden age. Everyone's just dumping content. The need for as fast instant as we can.
1: gratification at all times.
0: Yeah and i have i have another question that's that's been kind of i've been thinking about is that um i know that the the boys is definitely uh really kind of satirizing a lot of different aspects of our current culture and making kind of comments about that through the through the lens of of this um uh, superhero saga or whatever is it getting to the point that now we're where we are in in, in the us it's almost like almost painful as you watch it i mean i got like we can talk about when it comes to the sevens but now as i was watching stormfront talking about our meme maker and all that i was just like i just kind of got more and more bummed out and i don't know if that made me kind of like stuff less or just like i'm like oh my god like what are we in for i don't know if you guys have any similar thoughts tiff
1: it's one thing that i initially and still do love about the show is that it is I could very much picture this being how the world would work with superheroes because it feels so real. It's how our corporations are structured and our society is structured. But you're right. There's so much going on. And in juxtaposition to every season two, it does start to feel a little too real at times, which I still like it, but it does get a little heavy feeling. Like the meme thing, I actually loved that they did that, but in a way that's like, oh, man. (laughs) because that's what's literally happening today.
2: Right. What do you think, Tom? I think that's... I've really enjoyed the social commentary um, in the show, uh, especially maybe the first several episodes, and I think it's getting more on the nose as we progress more, um, especially in the last episode, kind of with Stormfront Reveal and whatnot. Um, So uh, I guess... I guess I feel a little similarly to you guys. Just there's so much that we can see. Uh, if this were real life, if the show was in real life, I could very much see it happening this way, and that can that can be a little bit depressing. Um, and and yeah, I, I think like you, Bob. If I if I'm thinking about it too, even though the show's not real life, real life's already got enough of its problems that um, the show's kind of highlighting or mirroring. Um, so if if I go down that kind of thought path or rabbit trail, then it can be a little bit depressing. I think
1: yeah. <laughs> it's not escapism so, purely anymore. No,
2: yeah, not not so much.
0: Well, okay, so let's get into our sevens. We're going to talk about seven total topics. We're going to go round robin, and uh, we are going to talk about the seven characters, plot points, or whatnot that has really caught our fancy from episodes four to six, or I guess throughout season two or anything else. So Tom, you are the newest one. Take a fresca and why don't you
2: start it off? (laughs) All right. Um, Well, the one that I would really like to talk about was, I think it was an episode four. They kind of blend together. Um, Yeah. But it was when Homelander flew into the uh, protest. And, and then you see your uh, AOC person there. And, um, and then he just gets out of control and supposedly lasers the crowd. Um, and I love how they did it. And I love his character so much because almost every scene he's in, I have no idea how he's going to react or what he's going to do. And I'm guessing every moment. And they've written his character so well, I feel like, that in that scene – I was totally believing the whole time that he actually did laser the whole crowd. And I feel like there's a lot of shows and movies where they do that kind of plot device, I guess, where they'll show what could happen and they'll flashback and like, Oh, it was all just a dream or just a thought they had. Um, And that's kind of a cop out, but I didn't feel like that was the case at all for the boys and for Homelander doing that. It, um, I felt like they did it in a way that showed his uh, mental development and just his kind of, path and deterioration of what he was thinking before he joined the meme making machine.
1: I agree. I loved that. I, um, I agree with you that Homelander is such a good character and villain because you really don't, he's intelligent, but he's also constantly at war with, with himself basically. Mm. And you really, the way they do it is so great. You don't really know what he's going to do next um, there's always, you know, like that scene with the roses in the trailer where he was waiting for storm. Oh, yeah. I started to feel for him. I don't know how he does this, but I started to feel bad for him, but he always manages to course correct those feelings immediately. You know, and then he just blows up the trailer and just, he's it's great. That scene was great that you just talked about.
0: Do you think it's because Homelander's ultimate, um, what he's really looking for is essentially to be loved and we've seen where he came from, which was like a padded cell that he was brought up like in a laboratory. Um, and so, a lot of his motivations is all about this being loved. And he, and so, like there, I think we can all understand. Like, yes, we all want to be loved. We we don't tend to react like him. He reacts very badly when that love is in any little bit like kind of pushed aside, right? Because mm-hmm. the one thing you do not want to do. The homelander if you're dating him is lie to him <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. like he is definitely the definition of the psycho boyfriend right mm-hmm. um you know like when he went to go uh to find Stormfront at the headquarters or something you know or something so it, maybe that's why it's just, that's where you're kind of like oh he's like it's not really mm-hmm. well, it is like maybe it's not his fault but he he's just really messed up but essentially, he wants to be loved. He wanted he wanted a family, really. And then he Stillwell was his mother lover until he <laughs> zapped her head right. And he kind of even Mave right uh, for like Mave is totally like I guess we can get into if if we bring up Mave later. But like his for a long time, he was focused on Mave, and he, he just focuses on this one person and he's trying to get this these feelings of love and family whether it's Ryan it's all these kind of things and it's just it's just never really quite, quite works out or he's maybe he's impatient and he's just like he doesn't realize that sometimes you got to be you got to let stuff grow and so it's not going to be like right away. He's like a giant
1: know. toddler that can use yeah. words.
0: Basically. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. And yeah. he manipulates uh shapeshifters into <laughs> into like being That? You know, lover. That was that crazy. That creeped was creeped
1: me out. I was so grossed out by that scene. It just gave me the heebie-jeebies. It's so weird.
2: I was glad that they um, they offed Doppelganger's character because having a character like that in this type of show just adds a layer of you can always second guess every scene, thinking is this really happening or something. So I, I like that we already have enough kind of um, uh, just mystery of, of what's happening, and so. Having him gone was helpful, but it's funny that you mentioned still being the mother lover. He's he's found a new one now with uh, Stormfront, kind of. That's right.
0: (laughs) Uh, We'll we'll probably get into that in a little bit as well. Um, Tiff, what do you have for number two? Okay,
1: I liked seeing Sean Ashmore back as well—not back, but be casted as a lamplighter. It kind of was a throwback to the X-Men movies where he was Iceman but mm. instead he's a Whoa, pyro. That's right. Um and I feel like the show is really clever with their casting in that way, same with Haley Osmond mm. playing a kid who can see things others can't, you know, who was famous on TV. Um they can
0: cast- Oh shoot, sure. I just realized that when you said that. I didn't realize that that twist. Oh, oh anyways, I, go ahead. I
1: thought that was like a, they put these Easter eggs in their casting. Yeah, reading. no,
0: I know, I know. Yeah,
1: but. Um, go ahead, I'm sorry. I love that you just, you're you like, oh, but you loved Haley Osmond, his character. I thought you.
0: I did too. There you go. I don't like him so much because he hasn't responded to me on Instagram, but that's okay.
1: <laughs> he's busy, he's a busy guy. Um yeah. Anyway, so I really like that they do that. And Sean Ashmore, to me, was also a good, mm-hmm. a good choice. And I like his character as Lamplighter, so.
0: Why do you think he was demoted? Because he was in the seven, but then now he's in here. Is Is that gonna come out? Is it
1: confirmed that he was in the seven or or just implied? Okay. I
0: yeah, he and he stepped down and A train took his spot.
1: Oh that Uh, I missed that part. I don't know.
2: Yeah, I don't I'm I'm curious. I mean, just it could be and this is kind of a joke, but the what what's her name? The the lady that Homelander keeps picking on, like his assistant person. What's her name Ashley? again? Actually. Ashley. So how she tried to they're trying to be more inclusive. So having a, a black guy come in, A train, um, for his to step down. But uh, I don't I don't know if they've dropped any hints really of as to why he's been demoted. Um maybe to do with his costume. Apparently it's uh, pretty funny to look at. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and so when he went into what was your uh reaction to that that certain russian guy that okay, what what's is, what's is the name of him? Cuz they have a bunch of different weird powers in that mental institution. Oh. The guy with the with the, that uh assaulted um our boy,
1: like Marvin, love milk. sausage. <laughs> yeah, oh.
0: love sausage. That's love oh, sausage. Yeah.
1: First of all, the fact that it's mother's milk is perfect. I would yeah. pick no one else yeah. to go through that. And then, um, I re- there was one scene that I, like a really funny dialogue where he's freaking out about it. Right, he realizes what it was, and Frenchie looks at him and is like, "Be more, don't be so close-minded." <laughs> I love yeah. that interaction because you know he's never going to hear the end of it. Um, right. And it makes
2: yeah. sense too with Frenchie's backstory as well now. Yes. Um, yeah.
0: Um yeah. So do you think with Frenchie how there's a bunch of reveals in the episode 6. Mm-hmm. One what exactly happened between Mallory and Lamplighter and everybody else mm-hmm. um that really kind of fractured the boys to begin with, right? Mm-hmm. And Frenchie never really came clean until um being in wherever the Sage Center or something. What did you guys think about um, the development of Frenchie's character, Tom?
2: I I really enjoyed it. I mean, I think in episode six, there was just a lot of revealing or development or showing of the character's backstories, and Frenchie's was one of them for sure. Um, I really enjoyed that we got to see why everyone, or why M.M. was has been pissed off at him since season one even. Uh, and and even and I really enjoyed um, watching Frenchie and MM's exchange because MM told him if she had told us we'd have let you off the hook. And Frenchie says, "Who said I wanted to be off the hook?" Um, and and we kind of have slowly been getting more and more of Frenchie's backstory, just with Kamiko and everything, and uh, I forget his his uh, girlfriendish or whatever Sherry she Sherry, it, yeah. um, and his relationship with her. So. I thought they did it in a good way where they tied the reveal of his backstory with lamplighters and Mallory's uh, grandchildren.
0: And we found out his name, Tiff. Serge. Serge. It's French.
1: Yeah. Serge. So French. Um, yeah. I really liked it. What do you think about that? I, I feel the mm-hmm. same way as Tom. I liked getting to know his backstory and understanding why, why he kind of is the way he is now. Um, It starts to make even more sense. I thought it was good. It also made me feel, I I grew closer to Frenchie. You know, I feel like we saw some dark and sad moments and they really, um, I I felt like I was his friend after, after episode six. So, but anyways, I liked it. I, I think uh, he's one of those ones where he was constantly alluding to things that had happened in the past. And, Giving hints that you know something went down, but providing no context. So we finally got that context that I feel like we all needed as viewers.
0: And then, uh, then I guess let's get into our three, our number three, and that'll be me. Um, and I guess there there's a lot of parallels um, developed between the boys and the soups that we saw in episode six, and I thought maybe that's something that's kind of so you have kind of frenchie and lamplighter who are very similar maybe like frenchie likes drugs a little bit more but they both made a horrendous mistake and they've never really kind of forgive them forgiven themselves about it you know and then you have starlight of all mm-hmm. people and the butcher mm-hmm. all of a sudden giving each other like kind of annoying yeah. looks and in particular starlight realizing like that she's she's gone down a path you know that's kind of bringing her to a, a new area what'd you guys think
1: i love it i like that she called um that they bonded although kind of begrudgingly but they bonded over huey and i like that <clears throat> she called butcher out for being a bigot and not so <clears throat> different from the seven which was in- really interesting and although that's true I also liked the parallel that she herself was becoming increasingly more like butcher and that she's willing to do whatever it takes to protect the people she loves. Um, Mm -hmm. So yeah, very different opposite sides of the coin kind of merging together. And I liked seeing that.
2: Yeah. um, That dynamic in particular, I think the boys, uh, the writers just do a great job of writing their characters and they write them in a way that we can uh, identify with or just understand where they're coming from. Um, I really have enjoyed Starlight's development um, and slightly even or during that scene because she kind of started off, it seemed like some naive com- country bumpkin. And uh, then we see her going through the seven alone and kind of in the meat grinder. And then she even gets pressured by uh, Homelander in the elevator. Right. Um, and then to the point where her and Butcher um, were talking in the car, and she inadvertently killed the guy. And she said, there would have been a time where I would have cried about this. Um, but to now realize how far she's come, and we got to see each progression of that step. Um, so I've really enjoyed the development of Starlight's character. Uh, I didn't I didn't see uh, what you had mentioned, Bob, until you highlighted it, the similarities between Frenchie and Lamplighter and i guess i want to continue to see it develop just cuz we don't I, I don't know so much about lamplighter yet but um the point that you brought up was was interesting that they both have committed this grave mistake and they're both still kind of torturing themselves over it
0: it's almost like they they're picking sides and the sides aren't really necessarily good and evil anymore they're getting so blended they just have to pick a side right so it's either like it's basically who if you're on homelanders side or not Right, homelander slash Vought side or not, and there's a, a various people kind of maneuvering for their own reasons. But like, yeah, like Starlight's like, how can you be part of the, the? You're talking about being into Marvel. Can you see like Iron Man just like totally like killing some dude? As they're trying to steal his car to go to the hospital and being okay with it. Like, I mean, no, it's it's yeah, it's different. You know. Yeah. That'd be cool if they did, like if he just like totally like pulse, pulse some guy, it'd be OK, but, you know, it's, it's just definitely a little bit different. I feel like
1: not to be a Debbie Downer, but that's a segue into I actually struggled to come up with seven things that I concretely loved about the last three episodes. And I feel like maybe yeah. I'm being a little hard on the season or kind of a tough critic, but I've had a few complaints about it so come up as I'm watching. And one of them being kind of what you mentioned with Iron Man. One thing I really liked about the show and that I still like, and I find refreshing is how morally gray, all of its characters and, and the problems are, and they feel to the point where they feel very realistic and blatantly like anti comic book superhero plot. Right. Um, and this Neo Nazi villain plot line that they're headed towards seems too easy and it seems too much like mm-hmm. a good old comic book plot that is, I mean, no one's, is anyone going to root for Stormfront? would I would be very surprised, right? I mean, it's very easy to walk well, for um, downfall.
0: Probably 40% of America, like maybe <laughs> oh, 35% stop. of America. Will.
1: No. <laughs> uh, but it's starting yeah. to feel like really captain America to me. And I wonder if they'll actually, if there's, yet another twist coming. But I feel like they're kind of diverting away from what I traditionally have loved about about this show.
2: I mean, the thing about that, I, I agree with you. I, I've enjoyed the social commentary, and then now with uh, Stormfront just being an easy target um, to say, oh, there's the big bad. Um, I haven't been disappointed by the writers yet, and there's I don't feel like I... I want to give them the benefit of the doubt, so I expect some type of huge turn or twist coming up. Um, though if there's not, I don't know if I would be disappointed or not. I'm not sure yet, but I, I would agree with you. Just the the trend that it's kind of going in, um, where it just lends itself to an easy solution or an easy problem. I think that would be very disappointing.
0: And so, I but I think also with Stormfront, like I get what you're saying. Like now is like this is a definite baddie, right? Mm-hmm. I, but I think it was really clever in how they disguise Stormfront, like in. So you probably have like you know if if you read the comics or if you're kind of read kind of ahead or whatever you kind of had an idea that this person might not be on the level but you know the first couple episodes they definitely cloaked her within you know some you know they they camouflaged her really well she mm-hmm. came in her hair was kind of half shaved off you know like really hip she came from portland mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. that kind of stuff yep uh and she kind of told it how, you know, told it like it was, you know, and, you know, had Starlight just, like, really kind of, like, idolizing her, and they kind of just slowly revealed, like, more and more, and I guess I I was just, I was really, um, yeah, when they, when she finally came out and kind of made her big presentation about who she really was, I I wasn't really disappointed in it at all. Maybe I'm just um, an apologist, but
2: Go ahead. No, Ted. the
1: reveal was really smooth and actually one of my favorite yeah. villain reveals, but yeah, I see what you're saying.
2: Yeah. I, I also enjoyed that because, uh, like you said, Bob, she came in camouflage and it just initially what we thought was a breath of fresh air into the seven, maybe, maybe an ally for starlight or something like that. Mm-hmm. And then she goes and on a murdering rampage, uh, to these black families and then to, uh, this Asian super or I, I, they call it supers. And then, um, so I, I really enjoyed the reveal and, and also, um, just as it keeps rolling out, like her conversation with, uh, a train, I really enjoyed that one too, um, where she's just very smooth and it's kind of the, the rhetoric we hear, um, these days as well, just, kind of dog whistling and whatnot Um, so this idea makes me think of um, I don't know if it's apt but like friendships let's say maybe you see someone and you meet someone there they seem cool they seem to be with the times or woke or whatever you may want to term it as and then as you get to know them they slowly reveal more and more about themselves and it's at that point you kind of have to decide okay what do I do with this information right now they're my friend do I want to kind of make excuses for them or, or do I put my foot down? What do I do with that information? Um, so I'm really curious to see. Um, well, I, I guess that idea isn't not something they might address with the boys because you, you kind of have the sides pretty um, developed, but it, it makes me think about now if we turn into our real lives, what what does someone do in that situation? You know?
1: Right.
0: And maybe the morally ambiguous person is Homelander right that's that's the big prize Mm -hmm. and she's and she's just like really i am like your mother which i know that you're into (laughs) (laughs) um and he it was really funny that for a second like i was like what is he going to do he doesn't like being lied about he looked but he like
1: almost rightfully disgusted like how someone would be any Good nature, normal person would be if they were hearing this news. Um, but then, you know, in Homelander fashion, he quickly course corrected and. Uh, well, it's kind
2: of kind of like the, what Bob was saying. He just kind of succumbed to that that need of love or acceptance, and he saw open arms right there. You know.
1: Yeah. So it makes me wonder, um, who really has the upper hand? Because I'm very curious. Stormfront acts. Like, she's afraid of him at times. And I don't... Is mm. she really? Is Homelander mm. playing nice to her? Like, I can't tell who really has the upper hand and who really mm. intends to do what with their relationship.
0: I think a lot of people try to control Homelander. Mm-hmm. And it's really tough because, one, you can't lie to him. And people lie all the time in this, in this story. And then he's going to eye-laser you after he has sex with you. <laughs> And uh, or break your neck, uh. But yeah, he doesn't. But he's so powerful, you can't really do much to him. All you have to do is like manipulate his feelings, you know. And so Stormfront is, is definitely like being like, you are, you know, you're a shining path and all this kind of stuff. And that's stuff that yeah, that's what he wants to hear. And then so here's another interesting part is that Stan Edgar, uh, the CEO of Vought knows. has to know this whole thing Mm -hmm. with Stormfront, right? he's the one that puts her on the seven. Mm -hmm. And do you think, and I I was reading some that there's a little bit of people going like, I don't know if uh, Stan Edgar, a black man would go along with all of this. Mm. What do you guys think? Or is it really, the money is so good it really doesn't matter like stan edgar doesn't even probably perceive himself as part he perceives himself as part of the one percent it doesn't matter because he's rich
1: yeah it's a good point and it's really interesting because i don't know if they're on the same side for now because they're both Mm -hmm. helping each other accomplish their own goals for now but i imagine if that's the case it'll come to a head eventually but yeah what do you think tom
2: it's so hard to say um I personally think that they're just kind of currently using each other for for whatever their purposes are. If it's money for Edgar, then yeah, this is a, a, a quick way to success or, you know, just how Lamplighter was explaining what they were doing at the Sage foundation or whatever it was called. Um, mm-hmm. And then Stormfront's kind of also using him, um, which it, it makes me curious where she's kind of been this whole time too. Uh, if, Maybe she's been needing, because we don't know if there's been other soups at all that because they've been just pumped with so much V, they, they live longer or look youthful or whatnot. So maybe um, she needs Edgar in some reason, uh, some way to, to stay how she ha- has been. I, I don't know what um, how exactly they help each other, but I think they're, they're mutually beneficial currently. And I, I agree that they will come to a head. Because uh, they they cannot be on the same side, at least with what we're shown so far.
0: All right, we're on to number five.
2: Number five, Tom. What's you got? Um, I would really love to discuss uh, MM a little bit more. I've loved watching his development and relationships with all the all the other characters. Um, let's see. So we see him as a chaperone for Annie and Huey, and we see that he's a uh, just super smart and kind of kind of like how Frenchie was just making um, the chemical explo- – or trying to make that chemical explosion on episode six. He was making these makeshift bombs for when uh, Black Noir was uh, invading Butcher's aunt's house. Um, and we see some of his backstory with his dad. Um, so I really – his character has really grown on me over the last couple of episodes and i'm curious to hear what you guys think about him as well
1: i love him he's he's one of my favorites i say this but him in the deep but i say this every single time um, yeah. i think he just got a lot of duality to him in that he's this loyal fierce um kind of this badass of a person and then he has such a soft side to him that they kind of play around with you know like i think one of these episodes he was watching some show. Do you remember what it was? And Huey walked in on him and he got all defensive. And it was I can't remember what the show was, but I remember laughing.
2: It looked like some drama. Yeah,
1: like a very much so like a chick flick drama <laughs> type show. Um and he just has moments that he's he's good uh, comedic relief, but he's also just an all around good good guy.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, he, he kinda has well, I think earlier in season one and whatnot, I felt like it was for sure Butcher and Huey and the boys. Um, and then now I see Mm as uh, so much more the glue yeah um, for for their group.
1: Butchers yeah, in and out it. you know yeah,
0: yeah, Butcher is on his own vendetta against whatever. I think he's kind of, I don't know, I think episode six saw him kind of return back to the boys a little bit he's and maybe that's just him um just kind of cooling it for a bit until he gets another shot at at homelander but you know he's getting a little bit you know he's accepting huey right instead of just trying to punch him out continuously but i guess we'll see i'm sure like once homelander comes on the scene again he'll just like he'll just see red Mm. and just uh, attack him again
1: you know what did surprise know. me about Butcher, and I debated if it was even in character. Is his whole, um, his whole purpose of existing the last eight years or so was to be reunited with, well, if not to be reunited with Becca because I thought she was dead, was to avenge her, and then when he found out she was alive, he insisted that they run away without Ryan and
2: mm-hmm.
1: you know knowing that there's a really high chance she wasn't going to leave without Ryan and um i don't know like i thought it was odd that he would jeopardize jeopardize them not being together over the presence of Ryan and it ended up not working out and he seems to have just uh like i i don't know i just Moved on. yeah i don't know it like <laughs> he
0: do you think almost like it gets to the point where it's not even like he really wants to f- it's like the whole process of being on this uh, trail of vengeance to find Becca or whatever it like that became more important, important than Becca than her herself. Mm. Right. Mm. Because it's almost like he wanted that old Becca back. Right. Not mm. Becca with the kid, <laughs> you <Ugh>. know, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, come on. Yeah. Right. <laughs> that that's not on his, uh, tender profile yeah (laughs) i've never found tender they put that i don't know if they have do they have a child like a number of child Uh, not that i would know but
1: you can and you have a bio where you can put all that type of stuff you know and yeah and yeah but um, i'll take your word for that uh, (laughs) Yeah. yeah i just found that really interesting that he seems to have you're right he's so set on this continued war path that, as she said, I'm pretty sure she had words like that. She told him that, right? She pretty much said, like, you've always been on a warpath, even before me.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, He doesn't seem to really... And now
0: he found something to totally justify burning everything down, right? Yeah. And I... He just totally could get into that anger and then by doing it, then he got hooked up with like Mallory and all these people who gave him a whole lot of cover and money to really just like go crazy. Yeah.
1: That just really seems like an afterthought to him now.
2: Well, I, I, I agree with you guys. I think that he definitely idolized the memory of her or what she used to be, but we did see he also went through um, a little period. I mean, and he's still probably going through it of, of trying to figure himself out. He was contemplating suicide by black noir. Um, mm. Oh, that's for, right. For a little bit there. And also I think, Around that scene, we got to see a little bit of his um, defensiveness or shackles come down. And that's what's hard about Butcher's character is he's just someone that will give you a quick, witty response or have his defenses raised. And you don't get to see him process through these things. So I think he's very much still uh, processing through it as well as just being angry all the time. So I think, um, yeah, he's, he's a... Mixed bag, but it's it's tough to get at the soft underneath for him. He's guarded. Yeah.
0: All right. So number, I think we're on six. I mean, yeah, whatever. Yeah. Uh, we're on six. Let's, let's, uh, I'm going to throw it. I'm going to throw one out there and I'll let Tiff uh, take the final stretch. Unless you want, I don't know if we might same one. I was going to put out Maeve. <laughs> Should I just take?
1: I have a, uh, something, or, it's regarding uh, Maeve, but it's not quite just Maeve. So it's
0: is it with the about the deep? Well, we'll talk about the deep. We got to talk about uh, Chase, right?
1: Yeah, Chase Popper. of course.
0: Um, so Maeve, is she is she in deep doo doo with uh, Dino Dana's mom or Elena? <laughs> <laughs> Tom, I I I'll, I'll just say that um oh you listen to those episodes that mm-hmm. like the yeah Elena's on a kid show called Dino Dana so she's the mom there so Dino Dana's mom found. The clip of the airline which could be interesting down the line if it gets into the aoc so do you think so i was kind of trying to i was thinking about Maeve. she's completely horrified by homelander right it's motivating her entire all the action she's making because she keeps on talking about elena she's like can't let homelander find out about it like and homelander is like doing all this thing like um outing Maeve as a lesbian. Um, Getting her some uh, sweet sponsorship opportunities with like Pride Bars or something like that. That was on
1: my list. Brave Maeve, Pride Bars. (laughs) That's
0: right. Brave Maeve. Um, Kissing a woman on on the movie and all this kind of stuff. Do you think Homelander really isn't even mad anymore because he's kind of moved on, but she is so afraid that she doesn't realize that he doesn't care or do you think he does care
1: i feel like he's one of those people who is he just like has to get vengeance for people for feeling wronged by people and if Mm -hmm. people don't show him the adoration that he wants from them he will just take shots at them to kind of torture them but he i do i think he's a little distracted right now. I think he's one of those guys where it's just like it's not hard to get him to hate you, but it's not, um, it's not necessarily this like long-lasting butchered type vengeance. Mm-hmm. It's kind of superficial. Yeah, but I think she's too yeah. driven by her, um, her and Elena's relationship right now. She's too far gone.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, he he seems to be one. Like a single track mind person, and granted, you know, he's, he's got more than that, but right now he's very distracted by Stormfront. I feel like he kind of he's a very petty person, so that's why he kind of lashed out at Maeve with all the uh, movie stuff. And now he's worried about Stormfront, so he's probably not thinking much about Maeve, but as soon as he sees her, he's gonna remember, oh, she she double crossed me, and so uh, what can I do now again? So she's she's definitely this is the only thing on Maeve's mind, and she's worrying. About constantly, but for Homelander, she's kind of out of sight, out of mind. But as soon as he sees her, he's going to whip something else up again.
1: Right.
0: T- so Tiff, say that you are Dino Dana's mom there in in the apartment. and You see that um clip. What are you doing? Are you walking out that door or
1: I? I um, you guys. I feel like Elena and or Dino Dana's mom, which I I prefer that name. Um, I feel like her and Maeve just have irreconcilable differences if they were to mm-hmm. divorced, like it just seems like she I'm surprised continuously that Elena is surprised by who Maeve is like I would think that this stuff as a viewer watching this it doesn't surprise me because I have a pretty good feel on what type of person Maeve is and what she does for a living so I would think that Elena would as well um, but it constantly just feels like she doesn't have a grasp on who she is and is thinks that she's this great person who has never done anything wrong and is being continued like being she's constantly horrified by things that Maeve has to do for her for her career. Um. Anyways, so. I I was a little confused by her confusion. I guess that's what I'll say. Or
0: maybe like she thinks that Maeve, maybe it's not a great person, right? Because she did try to um, hide their relationship for a long time. um, Yeah. And all that kind of stuff. So it's not a great person, but maybe like a good enough person not to let uh, an airliner go down and hundreds of people die. (laughs)
1: I, right like, but I, mean, I in my mind maybe I'm an apologist but I was like what was she supposed yeah. to do in that moment
2: yeah I, I don't know what she literally could have done aside from what she did she, she yeah. tried to convince homelander and she tried to bring a little girl and he said no um, but I, I I don't recall uh, what they revealed, and I, it must have been from season one, right? When they revealed Elena and Maeve's relationship and whatnot, did we get a lot of backstory to know how much Elena really knew about Maeve? Because uh, Maeve, because it seems like she um, she revealed in this season to her that the reason I did all this stuff was because of Homelander. So they must not. She must not have confided a lot of things to Elena. I feel like, right?
1: That's a good question. I know um, Maeve just kind of like broke up with her to protect her and Elena Mm. still seemed baffled by that. So maybe she was left out Mm. of the loop in a lot of things. Because if you're trying to protect someone, you probably wouldn't feed them the gory details, right? And I'm sure there's some sort of NDA involved. But um, Right. Mm. Yeah, but she very... That's a good question. So maybe she is just actually finding out a lot of this as, you know... That could be...
2: Yeah, and 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 uh, uh, but I agreed with you on that. I don't know what she could have done, so I was really um, surprised by Elena's reaction too. I didn't, I couldn't side with her at all. Uh, maybe initial shock, but then after that, it didn't seem like she even wanted to listen to Maeve or hear her side or or anything like that.
0: But honestly, like I think you're right, Tiff. It's like at a certain point, like why are you even there? Like, mm-hmm. like you can still be cool and stuff. It's like, but it seems like one of those relationships where you're just like hey we just gotta go our separate ways Mm -hmm. you know like this is just not working out you know there's too much history or something like that yeah and even just going
1: along with the game like sitting in on a documentary which is very much part of the gig of dating (laughs) she can't she uh can't get on board with it so it just seems it's like dating a celebrity not everyone can do it (laughs) I probably could, but you know, not everyone else.
0: Yeah. Like, like, like if a certain person named Chase Crawford comes out. And so let's talk I about that really quickly because, yeah, <laughs> the Deep is definitely one of our favorite uh, characters on the show. Uh, and Maeve goes to the Deep for help. What did you think about uh, uh, the Deep getting married? Were you yelling at the TV like, no, no? And Ben was like, what are you doing? Like, what's going on? Like,
1: I, um, well, the, first of all, that was my number one, the deeps back up in the number one spot was him, his oh, alliance with God. Queen Mae <laughs> specifically, but I, uh, th- that's also one of the things I'm not sure where they're going with it. And I'm sure they have mm-hmm. uh, some cards up their sleeve, but, um, that whole, his whole marriage and the, what's it called? Church of the Collective. mm mm-hmm. I'm not quite sure like where the trajectory is with that and where they're headed with that. And mm-hmm. his marriage just seems, um, I have no idea what to make of it. I almost even forgot that he was trying to get married. That might be o- my I mean, own. Yeah. yeah. That might be my own personal <laughs> comprehension yeah. issue, but yeah, I, um, I'm not sure where they're going with it, but she, I know she wasn't the the cute girl he originally wanted. Right
0: now that i'm thinking about it so follow me like do you remember in one of the first episodes storefront said that she was part of the church of the collective Mm -hmm. but she left so -hmm. i wonder and they keep on talking about like hey don't you want to get into the seven so there must be some sort of connection there like they're a splinter group
1: well yeah because also remember during um episode three they get intel on where the seven are on that mission. in yeah. the deep. And we never quite figured out who provided the intel, like what their source is. Um, they definitely it's it, maybe it's Stan Edgar.
2: Yeah, go ahead, Tom. Oh, they definitely know something. Cause uh, when, when the deep invited a train over that, that boss guy just kind of spewed out all this information mm-hmm. about him too. Um, so I'm, I'm very curious to see who's pulling the strings up at the top of the church of the collective, Um, but yeah, what you were saying was, uh, I think Stormfront had joined or, I don't remember if she said joined or even been part of the founding or whatnot, but she left as they became too inclusive of, um, garbage or trash
1: (laughs) during that scene with a train. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Mm -hmm.
1: I know. Anyways, it, it's okay. The deep, I like Chase Crawford, not necessarily the deep, so he can go get married. That's fine.
0: Uh um okay, what's your number seven? Was that was that it? It it was one?
1: um my number seven or my number one if you want to look at it, was
0: number one, yeah. Was
1: the deep working with Queen Maeve because um we were wondering who I remember we were talking about the deep potentially becoming um working with the boys themselves or having he's kind of like this lone wolf right now. And um, so I liked seeing that he actually ended up pairing up with Queen Maeve and they're kind of working together to take Homelander down or at least, you know, knock him down a few pegs. And they're just funny to see because he's just so um, kind of like dense. (laughs) So to see him like sneaking into (laughs) her trailer and she's exasperated by him and their dynamic was fun to watch.
0: Yeah. Can't be mad at the deep for long, right? Like he's Unless just, you're Starlight, yeah, I guess so. Yeah, she's definitely <laughs> never going to forgive him. I get it. Like, but, uh, <laughs> oh man, so so there's our seven topics. Capture last stuff. Um, anything that you're really looking forward to, like the one thing that you're looking to get resolution to, like get closure on. At the end for the last two episodes,
1: I don't know how they're going to wrap this up in two more episodes. Mm -hmm. Um, So I'm interested. Well,
0: they got season three already, so they don't have to really. So maybe it's just a
1: transitional season. I don't know, but um, I'm really interested to find out who and what. Find out more about the Church of the Collective and how they're how they tie into all of this. And um, because I feel like they're setting it up, it's just. It's not in the front and center right now. So and then um mm-hmm. I'm also interested to see who really has the upper hand between Stormfront and Homelander. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. I I think my thing is with Stormfront and Homelander. Who actually is controlling who? Mm-hmm. Whom? Who? Whom? 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 Something. It's been a long time since college. Um <laughs> uh, yeah, who <laughs> <laughs> okay. like are they just going to be doing like freaky stuff in alleys and smashing people's heads and stuff like that yeah Yeah, maybe maybe that's what they're into but um homelander is cannot really be controlled too much that's why they're doing this thing with uh ryan because it's like they realized taking someone and making them a psycho is not the way to do when they has all powerful powers
1: you know right
0: Oh, I wonder maybe at the end it's going to be Ryan versus Homelander or something like that.
1: little Mm. 10-year-old Ryan? I
0: don't know. Well, I guess that's true. What is he going to do, really?
1: I do think that Ryan could contend. He might be one of the few who can. Um, But don't you think, like, if four of them teamed up, they could take Homelander down? Or is he really that invincible?
0: I don't think he's invincible, right? He's just very, very tough.
1: Right. And they're more just scared of him and they would never even try it. What are you looking forward to, Tom?
2: I don't know. You guys covered a couple of the really good ones. I think I'm very interested to see who is going to be stronger between the two of them or who's actually pulling the strings there. Um, and uh, I I also am interested to see what shenanigans the boys can uncover because they're... they're it's really the soups more than the boys I feel like at this point, but they're trying to find out, they found out about the Sage foundation and they find, and I'm curious what they're going to do with Lamplighter and to see if, if they might join forces with, I don't know, team Maven deep to to take down Homelander. Uh, so yeah, I'm I'm just really interested to see what they have for the last two episodes. And I hope it's not a huge cliffhanger or just something transitional to season three. I hope we get some type of closure or, Wrap
1: up. Yeah. And I'm sending this to the into the universe, even though it's already been written and there's no going back either way.
2: Chase. But chase, I, no, chase no,
1: that too. But I wanna see Kamiko be the one to take down
2: Stormfront. Oh, I think yeah. that yes, might be too yeah. feel
1: good and fuzzy, but I would love to see it. So
2: it it's probably gonna be her with Starlight together. You mm. think?
0: Oh, yeah. we didn't even talk about Kamiko. she totally ripped a guy's face off. <laughs> oh yeah. So, yeah. Oh. yeah.
1: Yeah. That was There's she, so much. Yeah. There's always I like really, some um, sort of um shock or like graphic violence. Like that was the version that was their version, these last three episodes of um Rainer. Is that her name? Getting her head mm-hmm. blown off. Yeah. But um yeah, those intense.
0: Yeah, I think the only people I really want to see, like, make it out of this series and be happy uh, are like uh, M M, Frenchie and Kamiko. Yeah. Like, I, I think Huey, like, he gets gut shot in the final episode and dies or something. And Butcher, like, <laughs> deserves some stuff, but like, I just want those guys to. So I was really happy to see Kamiko and Frenchie sort of patch things up, right? Yeah. And, you know, at the end where she. She because she understands we find out that she understands English mm-hmm. because her brother could speak, you know, they you know, uh, she just doesn't speak. Um, so yeah, I just want them to be happy, me too. But I am happy that you guys came on today to talk about all about the boys. Um, so hopefully, maybe we can get back at the end after seeing the last two episodes. What do you guys think?
1: Let's do it.
2: Sound good
0: all right thank you for every, everyone for um tuning in to the agent so watches the boys please subscribe to this feed great review it does make a difference